Proverbs, we can look at some verses together in Proverbs. Good morning, everybody. I was thinking of our memory verses for this summer as we were singing this morning. Proverbs chapter 3. Maybe some of you know it. Some of us committed this to memory and it's, it's a great one to meditate on day by day. And I really had one verse in mind, which is verse 3. But just to read these first four verses. This is Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 4. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. I've been thinking about this morning that phrase, let not mercy and truth forsake you. In a way, it's kind of a a strange way to put it. I could imagine the writer of Proverbs saying, Don't forsake mercy and truth. Like he says in verse 1, Don't forget my law. There's that word Torah. Don't forget the Torah. Don't forget the law that I've told you about. But here he says, Don't let mercy and truth forsake you. Isn't that interesting? And I guess I was puzzled by it. And when I'm puzzled by something, a lot of times I find that God has a lot of interesting little treasures there for us. And so I thought we could just reflect upon what does it mean to not allow mercy and truth to forsake us. This morning we've been singing and worshiping and showing adoration to and glorifying the Lord Jesus. And so to help us understand what it might mean to say, let not mercy and truth forsake you, let's just look at John chapter 1, where we see some of these ideas show up again in the context of the Lord Jesus and His coming. And between these two passages, maybe we can have something for our benefit as we continue to let all of the thoughts from this meeting soak into us and release their benefits into our 
spirits, our souls, that we might be changed and transformed by them. So the verse I have in mind here is John 1, verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth was given through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we have those same phrases in Proverbs. Don't forget the law, but let not mercy and truth forsake you. Now, just a word on those words really quickly. Those two words, your different Bible translations might have different uh, words there. It might say something like, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Those two words are very rich words in the Hebrew Scriptures. They're very beautiful words in Hebrew. And they're hard to translate fully into English. And so, depending on your translation, uh, those translators, they're struggling, they're doing their best to get across what those two words mean. But that first word, chesed, is one of the most beautiful words in the Bible. It brings together really three concepts of mercy, grace, and love. They're all bound up with the word covenant. Mercy, grace, and love all as a result of God's covenant toward us. It's a beautiful word. And so don't get too hung up on what specific English word is used to translate it. Just reflect on the beauty of the word. Right? God loves us. God extends mercy towards us. God is gracious to us. Why? Is it because we're so great? No, that's not the reason. It's because of His covenant towards us. That's what it means. It's His covenant, grace and mercy and love. The second word, which we have translated here in the New King James Version as truth, is kind of similar to our idea of faithfulness. Back in the old days, there was a word called troth. Does that sound familiar to anyone? In the old marriage ceremonies, they would say, we don't say this anymore, but they say, I hereby pledge my troth. Does that sound familiar? Maybe in old movies you might have seen that. It's similar to betrothed, yeah. But as part of the vows, the marriage vows, the person would say, I hereby pledge my troth. Okay, And we can see that the word troth and truth are similar. This word means true to who I say I am. True to my word. When I say something, I mean it. When I reveal something about myself, it never changes. It's not just telling the truth. It's telling the truth about who I am telling the truth about who you are in my eyes, 
And you can know that I will never go back on it. That I will never change. And my word remains the same. That's why some versions might translate it truth, but others might use a word like faithfulness. Right? Because they're all wrapped up in there together. We may not realize it, but these two words are in tension with each other. This word of grace and mercy and love, and this other word, truth or faithfulness, they're in tension with each other. Because God has said certain things in His Word, like, if you eat of it, you will surely die. And because of His truth, because of His faithfulness, that has to happen. Isn't that interesting? In other words, He can't go back on it, or He would be a liar. But God wants so desperately to show love and grace to us, it's almost as if He wants to go back on it. And He will do everything possible to, in a way, make get a loophole. Allow Him to still let us live, even though we have sinned. And for human beings, we can't understand how these two things can go together. If God says, He who sinneth, he shall die. It's simple. And yet, we will live forever. Right? Is that because God's a liar? No. Is that because He's not faithful to His Word? No. It's because He is both faithful and gracious. The law came in, Paul says, to increase the trespass. The law is good, but if all we had was the law, we would be in trouble. Because the law shows us just how far short we come. But John was able to say, as he was shocked by the Lord Jesus, he was able to say, the law came in through Moses, but grace and truth came to us in the person of the Lord Jesus, in the Word made flesh. And so I'd like us to just think about what would it mean for you and I to not let mercy and truth forsake us? And I think it could mean three things. I think that we should experience these two beautiful aspects of God. His grace and His truth. His mercy and His truth. We experience them objectively. We should experience them subjectively. And we should experience them experientially. So just really quickly, when the, when the, proverb, the writer of Proverbs says, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. I think one of the things he means is never stop reflecting on the mercy and truth of God. Never stop meditating on it. 
Don't let it forsake you. In other words, bind it around your neck, write it on the tablet of your heart, right? Every morning, open your Bible again and read those stories you already know. Read them again. Because we can't forget it. We can't let this slip outside of our vision. So in other words, we need to know these things objectively. We need to reflect on the, 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 the mercy of God and the truth and the truthfulness of God on a daily basis. But we also, second thing, we need to know these things subjectively, right? Subjectively means I am loved by God. He's true to me. What He said about me is true. He's faithful to me. How often are we reading the Word and saying, oh, God is really great and I see His beauty, I see His wonder, but do you know that He has found you? Do you know that He has poured those things out to you? And the Lord Jesus is the one who has shown this to us more than any other. That's why every week we gather and we have these emblems here This is part of what it means to say, don't let these things forsake you. Let them capture you and take you in and never leave you. And so we need to know them to be objectively true. God is that way. But we also need to know that it's subjectively true. I need to feel it. I need to know it in my gut how God thinks about me. He is not up there shaking His head saying, I thought you could do better by now. How long have you known me? How long have you been a Christian? You messed up again? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's the way we think of God. He's up there just shaking His head. (sighs) What am I going to do with this guy? But we need to know that God is just as much merciful as He is faithful. And He will never forsake you. And then finally, I believe part of what the Proverbs writer means when he says, don't let these two things forsake you, he says, live it out. Know it experientially. You be merciful. You be true to your word. That's another way to know it. Right? In other words, it should change us. We should be gracious. We should be loving. Not because people deserve it. Right? But because God was that way to us and is that way to us. We should be faithful and true to our word. Not so that we can earn our way to heaven. But we should be faithful because that's the God we're worshiping. And it should change us. That's why I think he's able to throw that little verse in verse 4. If you don't let these things forsake you, you will find favor in the sight not only of God, but of man. Isn't it nice to be around somebody who's merciful and truthful? Yes. So it will help us get along in this world. Not that that's the only reason we do it. So just a few thoughts on this idea. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. 
so you will find favor in the sight of God and man. And this mercy, this truth, has been revealed to us in the person of the Lord Jesus. So keep coming back week by week. This is part of it. We've got to reflect on these things. We're forgetful. We've got to keep meditating on Him that we might be transformed for His glory. Amen.